0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Tail Five. My name is Steph, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host Nikki. Hello, whose face I can see this evening. I know it's weird. It's, it's fun, right? It's fun. Yeah. I
1: yeah. mean, it's the only way that I can see you now, so it's
0: good. Yeah, everything has to be digital. We don't get the option anymore.
1: Yeah, it's. Fine. I mean, us as gamers, we're kind of used to it, but yeah. I mean, still. I still. Think- you know, it's it's a good way to see people. I definitely recommend it if you want. If you like to see people, if you don't, then fuck it,
0: just keep staying at home, <laughs> ignore everybody else. Exactly, it's fine.
1: Yeah. But,
0: um. But how have you been on this wonderful quarantine evening?
1: I'm okay. I think I'm getting used to life in isolation now. Um. Mm-hmm. I buy a lot more wine than I ever did before, and and yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting in the sun a lot. I can't really complain. Playing game, playing uh, a lot of Animal Crossing, as we've discussed. Our last episode, new update coming tomorrow. Tomorrow is it yep. Earth Day? Yep, it's the highlight of my week/slash month. Um, I think it's nice to have the little things while we're all yep. stuck inside. So, yeah, how about you? It's true, yeah. The same, the joy I
0: had three tarantulas on my Animal Crossing island uh Stressful. yesterday. Uh, it was lovely. I've never had a tarantula. The last tarantula I found jumped into the water mm. as I tried
1: to get him. I mean it was very speaking sad. of yesterday, I, I do apologise again. Um Seth came to my island mm. at like 10 to 10 before the shop shut to sell her turnips that she'd been waiting to all day because I had great turnip prices. I ran there. <laughs> I remember you you messaged me like and I had 20
0: minutes and I didn't see the message until I only had ten minutes. And mm. then I literally like ran from one room that I was sat in to the, my switch and then uh tried to open it as quickly as possible and get to Ireland. island. I made it. I had like three minutes, <laughs> but I made it into your like nook's cranny, which sounds hilarious, by the way. Um, and, uh, and then I bought, I sold my turnips. I made a lot of bells, a good amount of bells. <laughs> and then Doesn't just as anymore. I was leaving, I literally was talking to Orville, who's the dodo who runs the plane. It's like the only way you can leave. And I was like, yeah, I would leave. And he was like, right, saving and about to send you. He was literally about to press the button to send me away. And it came up with this message of being like, you've been kicked off the island. And then I opened, I was returned to my island and all my bells had gone. And my turnips were still on my property. So at least I didn't lose my turnips.
1: Yeah, I left Animal Crossing up while I was playing Apex Legends and it went into rest mode. So when that happens, it just fucks the other person over. And I didn't mean to. I felt so bad. I looked at my message and it was like, Steph was like, thank you so much. I've sold all my turnips. Yay. And then it was like, oh shit. (laughs) No, I haven't. So Um, sorry. Um, Oh, God. Hard times in quarantine. Things like that happen. Mm. It just ruins your day. Yeah it's it, these are the things these are the highs and lows yeah. now of uh <laughs> of our living <laughs> but you're working as normal you nothing really has changed for you apart from the fact that you're at home working but...
0: no annoyingly all the games companies
1: are like yeah we can all work from home so i'm like great i can still work from home people then, I need guess as games well. during this time you're a very important people person do. not as important as people that are saving lives thank you for those people Night. You're amazing. It's not blue worker, not but anywhere level the nearest worker. But still thank you for your service. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. You will all still have good UX and UI. Yeah. I'm gonna big myself up there. <laughs> um and say that it's good. Um but yeah, yeah. That's a kind of it. Um from our normal uh discussions and whatnot, do we uh do we have um Sorry, wine is appearing in my glass. It's wonderful. <laughs> As we speak, wow. it's just being poured in. I um, do we have any Nikki's news this week? We do
1: play the drop.
0: I will play that drop. It's that was your wonderful Nick's News Time drop. Thanks. What news do you
1: have today? So we we don't actually have that much news, which is no surprise, um, because there's not very really much going on in the world. but We do have mm. some news that relates to our patron which is very cool basically um, we did say that whenever we would get a new Patreon we would give a shout on the episode that's a part of it so um, we have a new Patreon subscriber and that is Megan thank you so much for subscribing thank to our you, Patreon Megan. we really Ooh. appreciate it and if anyone else wants to subscribe as well just patreon.com forward slash game till 5 get some stuff from us we we'll are release a new episode soon and yeah so thank you for everyone for your support and going and seeing what we're doing on there
0: yeah we really appreciate it a lot Um, we don't expect anything so it's amazing when it happens it means I can fill
1: my glass with wine (laughs) it does and mine um so yeah there's not really much news I mean unless you have any news um no no okay well I guess what we can segue into then is for this episode should we tell the lovely people what the episode is yeah, we forget to do that like every week uh, now. The, the startings
0: of these podcasts are getting more and more chaotic every <laughs> single time. Um, yeah, so this week's episode it's a slightly different episode for me and Nikki. Um, not only we're going to do one of our short form episodes, which means that we are going to be doing a quiz, and then we're only going to be doing five between us. And the quiz is to decide who gets the number one spot, because there can be only one. Um, and then... This week's topic
1: is Nikki's favorite thing creepy pasta. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily for things creepypasta because they freak me out. But scary things, I like scary things. So it's uh, you like freaking yourself yeah, out, yeah, I do. I but it has to be done well. I think that's the thing is I I enjoy things when they're done well. Um, and video game creepypastas are a thing, and we just we had a, like a Twitch stream very drunkenly after one of our Patreon recordings not long ago, where we basically sat and read random creepypastas to all of you um that we were just randomly researching because we knew we were going to do this at some point so we thought well why not just do some research and talk about some and read some out so we thought um you know why not do a top five on them and we did some more research and, yeah. and here we are
0: yeah like um it was a bit more not more fun that's not right but it was fun actually doing research mm. and doing something that was more on something you just found a little bit interesting yeah. than yeah I guess our own opinion, because our, our top fives are just our opinion of stuff. Like, they're not really fact or anything. So, um, yeah, it was fun to yeah, do something good. that required a little bit more brain
1: power. Yeah, I I enjoy it. So, mm. um, because obviously we are doing, we're going to do a quiz. It's going to be my version of quiz this time. Um, just to give a little bit of a a sort of like basis on the rules, I have five questions, and if Steph gets more than two rights so basically if Steph gets three rights she gets the number one spot um if she yeah. doesn't get three right I get the number one spot so I have made my questions quite hard this time because I Go really ahead. want I want that spot okay but all the questions do relate to previous episodes things that have been mentioned so it's not completely horrendous apart from one um and we can play my lovely drop that I put blood sweat in I love into. this drop. It's just, it's, I forgot how Mr. Blobby
0: it was until yeah. I listened to it just before. We
1: quality sounds for your ears. Always. Always top of the <laughs> sound quality love on it. this one. Playing. It's the 5 Special General Knowledge Quiz. Alright then. So, we're going to go straight into question one. Okay. So, what was Mario's name in Donkey Kong? What was Mario's we- name in Donkey Kong? We have discussed this a long time ago. It was a fact. Oh,
0: so, God. So, in
1: old school Donkey Kong, Mario was called something before he was called Mario. What was it? It's
0: something really generic, like... Plumber one or something stupid. (laughs) I can't remember. Shit. I don't think I know. I'm gonna go with
1: um uh uh running man. Okay, is that your final answer? So I'm like Chris Tarrant. Max better not be in the background there like coughing right now. No, he's not (laughs) there's no there's no additional coffers around here. Okay no, uh I don't know. I guess plumber. Okay. Uh so I can tell you that's incorrect. It well, was jump that. man. Oh come on! <laughs> got I'm running so man. <laughs> All right. The running man is a wonderful dance. It's going but, well um, for me right now. Oh. number two. Again, this is mm. something that we have discussed. What computer game became the best-selling piece of software, surpassing Windows ninety five at this which point? Which video in time? game? Yeah, which game? Which computer game? Um, best like any. Huh? Yeah. So any computer game around this? It was around this. Like it was around 1995. Hence the fact that it surpassed oh. Windows 95. So it was a game around the 90s that surpassed the sales of Windows 95. Mm, the 90s. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Around think- Windows 95 computer game. I don't know. It's gonna be like Doom or something. Is that your final answer? Yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah. Alright, you got one. You got one. <laughs> <It> Sound so <laughs> bitter about this. You might not get this one though. No. Question number three. Alright. What was the code name for the Nintendo GameCube? Oh shit, I know this. Um
0: It is. Um Ah oh, no, it's gone. I did know it i can't think of what it
1: is now god these are hard questions i know i decided i made them too easy last time these questions are always too easy it's meant to be difficult there's a few in there that can be you know because all you've got to do is get free so if i put in a couple that you might get another one that you might get but yeah so i've got
0: one wrong and one right so far right yeah
1: yeah i don't know
0: um if you don't get this one right you just have to get the other two right
1: which you probably won't so good luck with this one
0: yeah I don't know. I reckon it's something weird, like Yoshi, okay. It's like a final answer, yeah,
1: it was dolphin., uh, yeah, I did know that. I did know it was an animal, okay. So you have to get these two right. okay. So the next question, mm-hmm. which famous video game is based on a park named world? hang on this this is the other way around. I think what it's meant to say is, what park is based on a video game named World Joyland, located in China? So, like, there's a it's, it's obviously is a real place and it's potentially based on this game. Um, what game is it? World Wait, Joyland. What
0: World Joyland? And there's a video game based on this place.
1: No, no, no. There's a park based on this game. Oh. In China. In park World. No, I'll let you keep guessing. So, in China. I mean, to be honest, it's fucking weird, and I haven't actually looked into this, so I'm just gonna quickly don't you don't Google it, but I Google I it. I really want to
0: Google what it is. Um, no, you don't
1: Google it. I Google a it.
0: Theme park. Well, I know there's like a Mario theme park, but I don't think they would have the
1: license for that. So um, this is now where I'm fact checking my questions because I'm worried. That this is Oh, a okay. Place. No, no, no. It is correct. It is correct. It's, it's. They basically like try to rip off this game, um, in a theme park. So you can kind of tell that it's pretty obviously like they're like, oh, we love this game. So therefore, this is. But the name doesn't give it away. So I was just kind of hoping that you would know this, but obviously you don't. Do you want to just tell you?
0: No. Um. Let me just make a guess. Um, Theme Gerald World, and it's a, a video, it's a park. I want to see your hands. <laughs> all about. Okay. All about. Um. <laughs> Something weird. Uh. Oh God. Um. Just make a name of a game up. What's a famous one?
1: Zelda. No. I don't know. It was World of Warcraft. Oh. <laughs> I just thought you might know it. I don't know why. I know you. you know Blizzard. Why would you? Th- yeah, I know Blizzard. You know him personally. Got the number. Um. <laughs> I know you, Blizzard. All right. So that- I play like one Blizzard game. So that means you probably by default lost the quiz. I'm afraid. Oh, These questions are hard. I'm sorry. I, are hard. I kind of. Can I have feel, the last one though? Uh, you can have the last one. I mean, yeah. I think you should just win if you get this, but I don't think you'll be able to because this this was my impossibly hard question. Um, mm. The other one was also quite hard, but this one is uh, in the video game Pac-Man. What is mm. the name of the orange ghost? Oh, it's either Inky, Blinky, uh, Inky, Blinky. I Clyde, Clyde. No. Clyde is that your final answer yeah it is Clyde but you still don't win oh come on you were impressed that I knew that I'm very though, impressed right? you, you got two so if you did get the other ones you would have won I did think you'd get jump man to be honest I thought you if you if you got I jumpman, was close by it. running man to I know be fair. but you did well and I appreciate I appreciate that you did well but you still ain't getting it that's fair because that's fine but that's fine if when you do your quiz if you want to give me impossibly hard ones like it's, it's all good it's gonna happen now. That sound quiz is basically gonna be silence. <laughs> guess this silence. What silence is this game from? Yeah. What is this era pause? <laughs> so that marks the end of our quiz. Um and I guess we're ready to go into our, our top five creepy pastas.
0: Yeah, we should probably just continue now. So okay. you that means Nikki, you get the number one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see which you have picked. Yes. I'm interested to know whether it was one that I picked for number one, because maybe <laughs> we had the same one anyway.
1: And if it is the same number one, then something happens. Yes. We always
0: forget to introduce him. Um, this is Beedle. Oh! And Beedle helps us to know when one of us has stolen the other one's answer. So mm. because me and Nikki don't discuss our top fives before we do this, um, Beadle lets us know when that has happened when we've had a crossover yeah.
1: so if he's a crossover number one it doesn't really matter um because obviously that's just gonna be i don't me. get one anyway um but what happens if you still my number one before my number one that's happened before right i think it might have done i guess i just i don't know i don't know what happens at that point
0: you can join in and we'll just make up a number one okay i reckon we could invent our own creepypasta
1: that's true involving mm-hmm. me probably yeah been with
0: the um,
1: that comes out okay cool so i guess we can play the next drop and get into this shit
0: oh yeah let's play the fun drop what are you buying how about a game of lucky hit
1: a three-headed monkey oh, let's
0: go So that was our top five drop. Um, so what does this mean for going first? So if you're number one, you'll be number three and number five. So I get two. So yeah, you are number
1: five. Oh, it's me. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Let's start this moving then. So my number five, well, as you to say, what we're going to do just before we start, um, we will, well, like, I'm going to read them out. Luckily, the ones I've chosen aren't too long. Um, it will be a little bit of a story. It's going to be a bit of a story time. We're not really used to this. Um, I'll try and make it as scary as possible, but I'm not probably going to be very good. And I might laugh. We should to really get some creepy music going on. I know. Maybe do that in post. But I'm going to try <laughs> and and be tense. I might even do some voices at one point.
0: <gasps> yeah, <laughs>
1: Voices are I'm good. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to read it. And then we're going to talk about it. So um, my number five is the mm-hmm. group of pasta, Pale Luna. Oh, I don't have this one. Have you heard of this one? I uh, found out about it today. <laughs> okay, I think it's yeah. I think it's quite a famous one. Um, I don't actually know who wrote it. To be honest, I don't know who wrote a lot of these creepy. But, oh no, someone called Mikhail Honorides is who it's credited to apparently. So you go, um, Mikhail. I will. I'll tell everyone the story of Palina. So I will sit back and enjoy. Good. Okay, so in the last decade and a half, it's become infinitely easier to obtain exactly what you're looking for. I love how my Mac just brings up browser windows as I'm trying to read this story. So, yeah, in the last decade and a half, it's become infinitely easier to obtain exactly what you're looking for by way of a couple of keystrokes. The internet has made it all too simple to use a computer to change reality. An abundance of information is merely a search engine away to the point where it's hard to imagine life as any different. Yeah, a generation ago, when the word streaming and torrent were meaningless, say for conversations about water, people met face to face to conduct software swap parties trading games and applications on sharpie label five and quarter inch floppies which can i just say i feel like would have ended weirdly if you had some creepy people in your friend group or swapping group because they could have just easily given you a floppy full of like porn or something you that's exactly know. what you would have done probably mm-hmm. <laughs> play this really cool game <laughs> just kidding it's porn uh, <laughs> Anyway. it's horrible horrible heinous poll. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt this serious story your own serious story mm-hmm. yeah okay of course most of the time the meets were a way for frugal community-minded individuals to trade popular games like king's quest and maniac mansion amongst themselves however a few early programming talents designed their own computer games to share amongst their circle of acquaintances who in turn would pass it on until if fun and well designed enough an independently developed game had its place in the collection of afin oh my god this is a problem with reading Affinados, is that the word across the country think aficionados of it, aficionados across the country think of it as the 80s equivalent of a viral video pale luna on the other hand was never circulated outside of the san francisco bay area all known copies had been long disposed of all computers that had ever run the game now uh, were probably buried under layers of filth and polystyrene the fact is attributed to a number of rather obtruse design choices made by its programmer. Pale Luna was a text adventure in the vein of Zork and the Lurking Horror, at a time when said genre was swiftly going out of fashion. Upon booting a program, the player was presented with a screen almost completely blank, except for the text. You are in a dark room. Moonlight shines through the window. There is gold in the corner, along with a shovel and a rope. There is a door to the east. Command." So, began the game that one writer for a long out of print found and decried as enigmatic, nonsensical, and completely unplayable, as the only commands that the game would accept were pick up gold, pick up shovel, pick up rope, open door, and go east. The player was soon presented with the following. Reap your reward. Pale Luna smiles at you. You are in a forest. There are paths to the north, west, and east. Command. So, I remember these fucking games because I remember my nan had a old pc that had all these hundreds of uh text adventure games and they used to really freak me out i think this is why this one freaks me out a little bit because i just remember how weird it was some of them had pictures as well they didn't they weren't all just text some of them had like badly drawn paint yeah drawings and stuff and things like kind of creepy, creepy paint art yeah it was just there was something about them anyway what quickly infuriated the few who played this game was the confusing and buggy nature of the second screen onward only one of the direction decisions would be the correct one. For example, on this occasion, a command to go in a direction other than north would lead to the system freezing, requiring the operator to half reboot the entire computer. Further, any subsequent screens seem to merely repeat the above text, with the difference being only the directions available. Worse still, standard text adventure commands appear to be useless. The only accepted non-movement related prompts were use gold, which caused the game to display this message. Not here use shovel which brought up not now and use rope which prompted the text you've already used this most who played the game progressed a couple of screens into it before becoming fed up by having to constantly reboot and tossing the disc in disgust writing off the experience as a shoddily programmed farce however there is one thing about the whole world of computers that remains true no matter the era some people who use them have way too much time on their hands agreed yeah. <laughs> a young man by the name of Michael Nevins, decided to see if there was more to Pale Luna than what met the eye. Five hours and 33 screens worth of trial and error and unplugged computer cords later, he finally managed to make the game display different text. The text in this new area read, Pale Luna smiles wide. There are no paths. Pale Luna smiles wide. The ground is soft. Pale Luna smiles wild. Pale... It's hard to say Pale Luna, quickly. Pale Luna (laughs) smiles wild. wide, Wild. She's going wild. Here command it was another hour still before Nevin stumbled upon the proper combination of phrases to make the game progress any further dig hole drop gold then fill hole this caused the screen to display congratulations and then some coordinates well we find out their coordinates sorry but that's what they look like quite clearly but I'm not going to read out all these digits don't go there (laughs) I'm not going to do it upon which the game ceased to accept commands requiring the user to reboot one last time after some deliberation, Nevins came to the conclusion that the number referred to the lines of latitude and longitude. The coordinates lead to a point in the sprawling forest that dominated the nearby Lassen Volcanic Park. As he possessed much more free time than sense, Nevins vowed to see Pauluna through to the end. The next day, armed with a map, a compass and a shovel, he navigated the park's trails, noting with amusement how each turn he made corresponded roughly to those that he took in the game. Though he initially regretted bringing the cumbersome digging tool on a mere hunch, the path similarity all confirmed his suspicions that the journey would end with him face-to-face with an eccentric buried treasure. Out of breath after a tricky struggle to the coordinates, he was pleasantly surprised by a literal stumble upon a path or patch of uneven dirt. Shoveling as excitedly as he was, it would be an understatement to say that he was taken aback when his heavy strokes unearthed the badly decomposing head of a blonde-haired little girl. Nevins promptly reported the situation to the authorities. The girl was identified as Karen Paulson, age 11, reported as missing to the San Diego Police Department a year and a half prior. Efforts were made to track down the programmer of Pearl Luna, but the nearly anonymous legal grey area in which software-swapping community operated inescapably led to many dead ends. Collectors have been known to offer upwards of six figures for an authentic copy of the game, and the rest of Karen's body was never found. Wow. That's sad. That took a dark, sad twist. Did you know that one?
0: I didn't know. I, I, like I said, I knew the name of it more yeah. than I would ever actually read it. But
1: that's an interesting one. I, for sure. I think I like it because it has real world like stuff in it, and yeah. you know, I, I did a bit of research to, to sort of figure out whether there was any truth behind this because the creepy It's I find it weird because some people will just write like they're just written art almost they're like mm. horror stories that people have written yeah. in, and they admit that i wrote this but some of them i find I, pref- I prefer them when you don't know if they're faked or not or if they're real i like it yeah i like not knowing so i like ones that take part in real world obviously i don't hope that a little girl didn't actually die and someone buried a body, made a game about it but i mean that would be nice <clears throat> i just find it interesting and i like mm. i just like that I, li- I just like the weirdness and the potential like who knows like is it true is it not true um yeah weird
0: yeah that's a cool one though like you said like it. i think i'm the same as you where i like them to feel a little bit grounded mm. almost in the real world rather than be
1: i don't super... want to know it's fake yeah which is weird i don't want to i don't want to be haunted but then i if i'm going to read a story like that then i want to be if i find out that someone's written it i lose interest as bad as that sounds oh you wrote this story never mind i just i just want it to be real okay i don't want to live in an imaginary land but um with this one i think what the other thing that's interesting is it was like all the research leads to the fact that it was just something that was in the san francisco area san francisco Mm. i think it was san francisco um and the fact that this game was like like really well known around there but nowhere else. And I found on Reddit that someone said that they owned it and that they this was about three years ago, I found a Reddit post being like, Oh, I've got it, like I've got a copy and they were like, Oh, I'm gonna try and boot it up. People would like talk to them, like, Oh, like let us know how you get on, like record it like on YouTube, um and, mm. and try and get it to work and like they just never ever like followed up on it <laughs> That's like, really... okay is it real or is it not i don't know yeah. but could it be a
0: thing like yeah um... I, I, yeah it's a weird one like you said like and to knowing that it's an actual game i think because there's a couple when doing research that you found out and they're not like they're not actual games um they're just like random creepy stories yeah. about like non-existent things but when you actually have a game
1: you can kind of attach Mm. it to it always feels a little bit more creepy and just i think for me it was just like the text adventure is freaky anyway um Mm. and it being used in that sense is obviously terrifying because yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) you're right like they they always kind of have that weird pixel art and some of them are done
1: really in a cute lovely way Mm. some of them have done a really creepy not so nice way yeah especially back in the 90s like Mm. especially i think it was because the one that i used to play everything was chill and you were all right you were walking down some pathways going right going left going forward um and then there was always this one bit where you basically ran into like this monster but Mm. the screen didn't like slow you into it because obviously there's just one image so whenever you went into him it was like he just appeared right on the screen and it was terrifying and i shit myself
0: but yeah, I was like
1: isn't. ten. Nine. No. What's what's a suitable wage to shit yourself? I was six.
0: <laughs> it's ex-
1: acceptable to shit yourself at any
0: age. <laughs> okay. So good to know. In my world anyway. But yeah, so Paulino is my is my uh, is my number five. I like it. It's a good number five. Uh that means I'm on to my number 4 mm-hmm. Um so my number four is called uh misfortune.gb. mm this was actually going to be one of my potentials that I wrote down. So, oh, yeah. well, I'm assuming that means you didn't write it down then. Mm-hmm. Didn't write it okay. down. All right, now I can talk about it then. Um, so, for this one, it's um, it's supposedly a a Game Boy game, uh, but you can't find it exactly. You can only find it um, attached to other games like Pokémon Red and Link's Awakening, would too. That I think I knew. There were a couple of other games um, that I wasn't super familiar with. Um, so far, no physical copies have ever been found. Um, it's, so Anything about this game is just either word of mouth or random clips or random screenshots that people have managed to gather over the years of trying to find stuff. Um, basically, it kind of began to surface around the late 1990s when all good, creepy video games, I think, were around. Um, and you appear to, um, so you kind of control a young young boy around a weird building. So it sounds a bit boring, but it it gets creepy. Um, the sprites feel a little bit like they're from Pokemon Red and Link's Awakening and stuff. Like if you look at any screenshots of it, it looks like that same thing of like on the Game Boy kind of sprites. Um, eventually, after walking around for a bit, you are confronted by a demon-looking creature. Um, he upon meeting him he'll come up with a dialogue box um, and he'll say I exist within the very fabric of reality do you want to challenge me I feel like I should have done a creepy voice for that wait a minute let me get my <laughs> best demon voice on go for it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's a demon voice okay I'm gonna go really goblin um, I exist within the very fabric of reality you should be a voice actor that was great do you want to challenge me <laughs> yeah, It went a bit goblin um, <laughs> it was
1: great I loved it if, you should really uh, get paid to do that
0: I don't think anyone will pay me to do that Um, if the player says yes then the demon will start a series of challenges set in some puzzly like rooms or some other stuff some of them you've just got to get to some stairs and they're blocked by either some stones that you have to move or some other various things Um, or there's one particular one that you can see quite often and that's where there are four small cabins shown on the screen they look a lot like Pokemon houses Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a new dialogue box that appears supposedly from the demon, so I will do my demon voice again, Yes. which, um, which says, Choose wrong, and misfortune will befall your loved ones. Are you ready to play? Oh, God. That's I'm going to so regret good. doing this. Um, I hope there's should... more voice lines. <laughs> should the player ever make a mistake throughout the game, the screen will then cut to black before showing a more detailed image of the demon along with the dialogue blocks, a dialogue box reading I am God here in what appears to be blood-style writing. <laughs> that was less menacing. I <laughs> don't
1: know why. <laughs> it's
0: getting less menacing as <laughs> the more
1: I do it. Um, I feel like you could punch it in the face if you really wanted to. <laughs> That's the kind of, sorry, I, I'm ruining your story.
0: Yeah, I'd love to be able to do a proper, proper one, but it's not going to happen. Um, basically, so players have claimed to um, have begun experiencing ongoing depression and dread shortly after seeing this game over screen. Um, other people have said they can kind of feel physically ill, they don't feel quite right after seeing this, this screen. Um, certain members of online forums who uh, have told such claims have then thought to have died or disappeared suddenly or become inactive without warning um, after talking about this game. Um, and kind of discussions around it dominated forums for a while but no one ever became very close to working out what the mystery was. Um, Some people thought it was just a joke, others um, thought that it was just like viewing the evil character can just cause them to be a little bit, I don't know, unfortunate, like just some random unfortunate kind of befell people. soon people just began to speculate that it was probably the cause of the soundtrack of the game because it's quite eerie and quite creepy and unsettling Mm. so it's um it's made up of like deep buzzy tone and off-key melodies um and it's quite like it's quite unsettling considering it's a game boy soundtrack basically um it's um it's quite erratic and especially over the game over screen that you see apparently that's got really really erratic sounds and patterns happening throughout it and it just kind of throws you off um and it's uh of all the tracks that's like the worst one there's like one particular one when the demon appears um that you can find today that's like one of the only oh. existing pieces of it that remain you but have um to, like, yeah it's later on, it higher. looks kind of cute though I think that's why I picked it because it didn't look super scary it looked um, kind of okay when you look at it but I think the more you kind of read into it the more like things uh, obviously I've made some sound like an adorable troll creature so the, uh, that Nikki said she could just punch he in the face he
1: sounds a little bit like Yoda actually but
0: Yoda's a lot more like god here I am <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> It is a little bit yoderish. It's kind of like just my small man, green voice. That's why <laughs> I picture him look like small groomed man. Um, but yeah, that is kind of a short one for Misfortune. I think it's more in just how you find it and the fact that it doesn't
1: exist in a physical copy. It's mm. just on top of other games, places that I quite liked. Um, yeah, I swear I read that like, you can find it like in the programming of other games or something mm. about like Pokemon and Zelda. And I don't know if that if I've necessarily interpreted that in the right way, but I find because I don't know if you remember like Alex, the kid on the old master system, like it was always just programmed into the console. I find that kind of creepy. So that if this mm. game is like an underlying program underneath, like, say, like certain copies of like Pokemon or Zelda, like that's creepy. And I don't yeah. like that yeah right it's it's not like
0: fun to think that there are other creepy things like th- this like the idea that this little demon exists in my happy little pokemon world mm. is quite creepy um
1: it's creepy hmm.
0: but you know just picture him sounding like the way i made
1: in <laughs> so. true it's not so scary that way but yeah no i i agree like that that's definitely one that i thought about and i think as well when, when these games are having like those kind of external effects on people in real life that's that's kind of gives that extra layer of terrifying. Mm, like there's something
0: psychological at least happening. Feels like it's happening there than just like yeah playing a messed up game. But yeah, quite a short one, but that is my number four.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I've got a bit of a longer one mm. um, to to go into now. I think this one I found quite scary. It's more of a modern one as mm. well. Um and yeah, I, I do apologise, it is quite long, but That's we will right. get into it once I load it up. Yeah, I've got it here. Okay. So, this one is called username El Teter." Have you mm. heard of this? I haven't even heard of this one. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's a Spanish word, El Teter. It's probably El Teter, but I'm probably going to fuck that up a few times. All right. I don't know who wrote this. I don't think there is a author to this one, but which actually makes it more scary, but... So I will start reading it now. Team Fortress 2, possibly one of the most popular FPS games at the moment, is a game I personally never have been interested in. It's fine, but I've never personally found anything special about it other than its witty humour and unique graphics. Well, recently my friends have bugged me enough to download Team Fortress 2 again because they really wanted to convince me that it was a great game, I knew it wasn't going to work, but seeing as how there was nothing to do that night I decided to play along. My friends and I decided to play around 11pm, which was a good thing because Team Fortress 2 is a pretty large game to download. I came back from school, went on Steam and downloaded the game immediately. Two hours, one hour, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, a few seconds and it was downloaded. I still had quite a few hours till our play date actually started. So I figured why not play a few rounds to familiarise myself with the game. And I did just that. I played against the bot. The game asked me if I wanted a coach or something with me, and after my abysmal display of sucking, I thought it might have been cool to have a little coach along with me. I checked the option and just played as normal. Then a person appeared along with me. The person's username was El Titier, which is actually a pretty sweet name. El Titier means the puppet in Spanish. I wanted to kid around with the guy, make an online friend of sorts, so I said, hey. He said nothing. He was playing as the spy at first and just ran around disguised as the engineer. And when I say run around, I mean it was literally as possible, he just ran around and around and around, same place, at the spawn point, doing nothing. I figured this guy was just a troll or something, not too familiar with the whole coach thing, but I'm sure a lot of trolls just show up and grieve the entire game. The game was starting to bore me though and as I predicted, so I just decided to check up on him again. Turns out he changed his class without me even noticing because now he was just a scout, banging the floor with his melee weapon i asked him having fun there nothing i thought it was hysterical honestly so i just joined him in grieving by banging on the floor of my bat too whilst crouching on the beat of the bat sort of like dancing to it all after about a dozen seconds of just screwing around he stopped banging on the floor i noticed immediately and asked ah is it over this time he responded well about as much of a response as i was going to get out of him For a split second, his username popped up on the bottom right corner of the screen as if he was going to talk with his mic. Then about a few seconds later, he left the game. Well, that was weird, I thought to myself. It was around the time when my friends and I were going to play Team Fortress 2. I left the bot matches and started a game with my friends. We played a few rounds of Capture the Briefcase or Intelligence or whatever. Everyone was an asshole, as expected. (laughs) So to an extent, everything was going fine. Then El Tissier joined the game. Perhaps it's strange to say, but when I saw this guy come into the same game as my friends and I were playing on, I got pretty creeped out. I don't know why, but that weird encounter with him first off was just bizarre. Funny, but bizarre. Well, he didn't act differently this time around. El Thier did his thing, and his thing was, you guessed it, grieving around. The time, This time he was a pyro, running back and forth, pointing towards the sky and just shooting flames. He did this till he died, obviously, where he would just quickly run back in and grieve again. We all know these people. People that we know in Overwatch do this all the time. But anyway, that's just that's me actually talking to you. I'm not. I'm not reading anymore. I'm just. No, I agree. Yeah, especially Um, if you're a (laughs) name. Nothing weird about that. Ice walls. Yeah. Um, I just stopped watching grieving in the end, and eventually our team and the opposite team was getting sick of it too. We just, and we were threatening to kick him from the game, and then he stopped, dead in his tracks, right in the middle of of the setting, the sky on fire. sorry that's, he was he was setting the sky on fire It took me a while to read that then i was like wait hang on right his name flashed again as if he was trying to communicate again then some sniper shot him right in the head his name appeared again and then he started talking it was possibly the weirdest thing he's done because it wasn't really talking at all he was just saying nonsensical gibberish it was erratic ranging from soft whispering gibberish to loud almost harsh screaming gibberish he wasn't holding down the mic either, he just kept pressing the mic button so it made it all seem much crazier than it already was. It was all just an incoherent mess and lasted up to about a minute until everyone just kept telling him to shut up in which he would just be louder and much more vicious as if he was just messing with them to spite them. This had to be a troll right, it wasn't anything paranormal, just a guy messing around with us. However, the strangest part was what happened after he was kicked from the server. Once he was kicked out of the server. Everyone in the game sighed in relief. Finally, we were rid of that obnoxious little troll. A few minutes into the game, when all the players seemed to have forgotten he was ever here, it just seemed like another minor annoyance. Things were going well, just as usual, until everyone froze. Mid-animation, while in the air, during a shot, everybody just froze. Either my game crashed, or I was facing some severe lagging problems. So I asked if I was the anyone experiencing the problem. Everyone said they were dealing with the same issues. Elta joined the game. Just as soon as he had entered the game, everyone vanished, and it was just me, alone. At least that's what the server said. It was a short moment of silence when suddenly, El started screaming words in Spanish, mostly profanity, and when strung together, it still felt like he was talking gibberish, only with bad words in another language. I was still alone in the game, back at the spawn point, but I wasn't really alone because I could still see players trying to talk with their mics, but whatever they were saying was just blocked out by the unbearable screams of El just then everyone and i mean everyone from both teams spawn in the same exact room i was in making the entire game lag fiercely as possible frantically shot their rockets so people frantically shot their rockets flame pro shotguns etc the lag was so bad and the screaming just kept going and going the entire game just became virtually unplayable at this point so i just decided to abandon the entire game and exited it as soon as i was about to hit the quit game option the scream suddenly stopped and the white noise played loudly through my speakers I don't know how long that lasted for because I just immediately left. What happened after I left, I wondered, seeing as how my friends were still in the game when I left. I asked them about what happened afterwards. They said that once the whole that the whole white noise was playing, apparently after that a five or nine note song played about three times over the noise and then the server just crashed again immediately afterwards. We talked about the entire thing ten minutes later through Skype and joked about around about how my first time playing was the worst experience ever and that it should be noted that not every game and team or just who was like that all jokes aside it still bugged me who was this person was it all just for kicks and giggles was it for his youtube channel if so then this was one weird way to troll around the game i had to look this guy up but what i found was nothing important no youtube channel or anything just one steam gamer by that very same name but keep in mind however that anyone on steam can change their name on the fly so the person i found on Steam could be someone completely different after all this guy hasn't played steam in over 100 days so it couldn't have been him And that's the end of it. And I don't know who wrote this. And I've looked it up and I can't find anything else about it. And Mm. I think the reason why I like it is just because it hits quite close to home. Because especially Mm. like playing online gaming and interacting with random people, um, coming across someone who's actually fucking weird and like making those kind of weird white noise, screaming like viciously, it freaked me out when I first read it. And I was like, you know what, I'm putting it in because it gave me the heebie-jeebies. It's like your worst nightmare is to find someone really, really creepy oh, I know. that wants to talk to you,
0: like, or do something weird to you on things. So I get why you've chosen yeah. this one, for And sure. the, other,
1: the other thing is, is when I tried to search all about El Titier on, on Google, because it's the Spanish for the puppet, this creepy puppet movie comes up that we've both watched, which is terrifying as it is anyway, from a long time ago. I think it's a Spanish movie. Oh, we did watch it. It's all about fucking creepy puppets. It's all you have to do is Google that and that all comes up and, um, and it's horrible and it's and it's Ooh. creepy, especially when you're, you're faced with trying to look for if this is real or who wrote this or any sort of logic sensor. Because it just sounds like a guy being like, hey, I found this really weird thing that happened to me and wrote it up, which is mm. what I like about creepypastas because they seem yeah. real. Um, could just be a made up story, but it just weirded me out.
0: Yeah, I like it. Like you said, it's a little bit more grounded to reality, I guess, mm. than, I, than I first would have thought. Yeah. But it's a good one because of that kind of thing. It's got, like you said, it's like I find... Um, quite a lot of the time, I find stuff that's grounded in reality, like horror-wise, like cre- people are creepier than ghosts for mm-hmm. me. Like
1: crazy people. Yeah. Ten times worse than... Exactly. And I, I've seen a few oh. weird things like on YouTube where people have posted... It's probably like back in the day when online gaming was more like really becoming a thing. Um, mm. Probably around the Xbox 360, maybe, I don't know, around those kind of days where uh, and PC gaming people were recording all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Things we get like the first YouTubers they were like PewDiePie. And I remember there was this video of this game, I don't know what game it was, and and there was this guy that would always wander around with this lamp. And he was obviously just a random person in the real world in this particular open-world game, and he'd just, like, follow you, and no one ever knew who he was. And it Mm. was really creepy, and it really freaked me out, because I'm like, you could be anyone. And also, the game could be cursed, so it might not even be a ghost. Like, double terror. Yeah, so there's a lot of weird shit out there, and...
0: Maybe mm-hmm. it was just
1: a troll. Or maybe it was a demon.
0: Who knows? But yeah. Demon or troll. You never know anymore. No. So that
1: yeah, that's my number something. Three? Yeah. Yeah, that's your number three. Mm. Cool. Oh, I liked it. Um two. I mean, yeah, what's your number two?
0: My number two my number two is a again quite a long one. I have tried to shrink this down as best I can. It it was difficult. I hope it's not mine. Um but i'm going to talk about it um so my one is pokemon
1: mm.
0: come follow me okay i've had a few pokemon pastas, but i don't know if i've heard this one so there is quite a few pokemon creepypastas and i think this one i liked this one because it seemed to tie in a lot of them um mm. lots of different parts of it but it kind of was its own little story um so bear with me because i would i've tried to shorten it but it's, a it's long fine one.
1: i i We've, it's fine cuz we got we've got a it's it's quite a short form episode so yeah. we've got the time we've got to be fill able out this to the time anyway tell some stories
0: yeah all right then um so during the first kind of days of release for the very first pokemon red and green in japan in 1996 there was a series of deaths in children between 10 and 15 these were thought to be suicides normally by hanging or jumping from heights um however a few of them were a little bit more odd a few cases were children who have begun soaring off their limbs. Oh. Others had stuck their faces into ovens, and others were just trying to choke themselves on their limbs. Yeah, it got dark really quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. I think they like they were like eating their fist, like and throwing their
1: arm down their throat. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, in my head, I was thinking that they were like getting their arm like a knot. <laughs> i like it though just sorry, tie we your arm. Not joke about suicide this is bad. no um
0: serious so they did these things it was it was terrible times um a few of these children survived and they were asked why or what drove them to do it and they would only ever respond in screens the oh, only connection sorry. between them seemed to be that they had recently played pokemon red and green the so it kind of then goes into the more of the story part so it's like the the police, who then started investigating this, there was a series of detectives they decided they would go to the director of the game, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, um, who looked uneasy at their questions but had no real answers for them he basically said, "Like I don't know, it shouldn't be possible like, it's not a thing um, they then ended up speaking to one of the lead programmers of the games uh, Takanori Uta uh, he said it was also impossible to cause any kind of link between these and video games, but he did say that he'd heard a rumour going around that the music from Lavender Town was causing the sickness in some children. Uh, They then decided that they would go talk to the composer uh, Junichi Masuda, uh, who had also heard the same rumours but said it's not possible, there's no proof in it, and then he played the track for the detectives who all agreed that it seemed like just a normal soundtrack so with no strong leads, the detected decided to do what they could only think to do and that was load up the game for themselves and see uh once loading they could see that the the uh, continue of the children's all the children's games um seemed to be very similar they only ever seemed to be a couple like an hour long into the game and only had a single uh pokemon in the inventory which made them realize that it can't have been anything to do with lavender town because to get to lavender town you have to be quite a long way through the game and you cannot make it with one pokemon so they needed to try and find another solution they returned to the programmers and tried to talk to them again and then discovered that actually one of their programmers had committed suicide shortly after the game was released his name was chira Mirura, mirror mirror um a very obscure programmer who had provided very little for the game. But even more interestingly, he had requested that his name had not appeared on the credits of the game and therefore could not be found on the credits of the game. Looking over some evidence in his apartment, they went to Chihira's apartment and they found loads of notes written in bold marker. Most of them are crumbled or crossed out, um, making it difficult to read. But the few words that they could work out were, do not enter, watch out, and come follow me in bold. Uh. They've discovered that Chiro had a friend who was a games map designer who had gotten Chihiro the job and so they went to his apartment. Uh, Koniji Nishiro revealed that Chihiro had convinced him to let him onto the project stating that he had a really interesting idea for the game but never ever explained anything more than that it was just something that he wanted to try for a really long time. Nishiro hadn't thought of much on it, but Nishiro also didn't look very well. He looked like he hadn't been sleeping, and uh, his neighbors confirmed that he hadn't been going outside since the game's released. Uh, when suddenly asked about the "come follow me" note found in chihiro's room, he snapped. He grabbed a gun and shot himself. His last words were, "Don't follow me." Oh god. Nothing else happened for months, so everyone just kind of chalked it off to a coincidence. Until one day, an old lady appeared and handed the detectives a letter. The letter was written by Chihiro and addressed to Nishino, the guy who just shot himself. This letter promised to revolutionise the gaming industry with his new plans. And as the letter went on, it got more and more chaotic and difficult to read. With this, they kind of decided that they were on the right tracks with Chiro, And um, they went back to find a new programmer that had been working directly with him. Sosuke Tamada. Now, this conversation between Sosuke Tamada uh, apparently had no direct witnesses, and the only thing from the conversation was a voice recording that they found. So I'm going to switch, and we're going to do more of a reading of this conversation. Are you were going to play it then, or is it just I a scripted wish I had thing. it, but it's just a okay. scripted thing. All right. Uh, basically, they said, Sosuke Tamara, what part did you have to play in Pokémon Red and Green? Asked the first detective. He said, I was just a programmer. That's all. And the detectives followed up saying, am I right in thinking that the programmers always worked in teams and that you worked closely with Chiro Mura? Uh He said, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was my my partner. Uh, when asked about what he thought of uh, Chiro, he thought he was a very weak man, but I didn't know him very well. Uh, he just came across as very weak-willed. And they were like okay thought it was a bit weird but continued on uh, they continued pushing him and asking him more and more to the points of do you know anything about the stuff that they he did like do you think that he's connected to the suicides at all and eventually they were pushing 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 and they asked him can you just tell us what Chiro did to the game you must know and he said he just snapped and shouted he did what I told him to it then revealed that Sosuke had told her and him they'd come up with a plan. They were going to do something uh, that involved the very start of the game. At the very start of the Pokemon, you walk into a grassy area and Oak appears before you give your first po- like Pokemon. Under normal circumstances, it was programmed that even though you're in a grassy area, no Pokemon will spawn and that you'll be interrupted by Oak. Uh... However, they manipulated it. Uh, He said he gave him Chihiro instructions on how to do it. Um, It's rare, but it can happen. Sometimes stepping into that grass, you can spawn and then dot, dot, dot. He doesn't finish. He gets close to a window and they kind of look like he's going to pull his gun. So the detectives also start getting their gun. Then laughing uh he starts laughing maniacally um and he was like you'll never learn you'll never learn the secret for yourselves i'll never tell you what happens uh then there's some loud distortions some sounds of screaming and murmuring can be heard the table was crushed, and the recorder just stops there's lots of weird distortions that happen and then silence and then laughing it seems like sosuke is laughing and then the words come follow me come follow me and then the recording stops. Uh... The police turn up later to the scene and discover Sosuke and the two detectives have died. They've all been shot. And it appears that a struggle has happened. This game was causing a massacre and at least a hundred children had now died. Nishiro, the unsuspecting friend was dead. Chihiro, the man who did it was dead. Two detectives had died. And now even the creator that caused the whole thing, Sosuke had died. The lead detective had decided to put the case away. They decided too many people had died and they couldn't figure it out. And the more they investigated, the worse it got. Because the man who committed the crime has died, there was no other reason to carry on and the, the damage had pretty much been done and finished. They had all the cartridges that had the game on, they had all the notes and letters, so they just kind of put it away uh, and it began to fade into memory. 10 years passed and in 2006, about yeah, 10 years. The lead detective, the man who locked away the original Jesus! Ev- kicked my table. Uh, the man, <laughs> the man who locked away all the original evidence ten years previous, was reminded of the awful event that occurred. He was no longer in the force; he'd retired, but he still had access to the files and helped out when he could. The reminder of the event caused him to look back and opened the sealed container that contained the evidence. He read through all the letters and notes. And remembered the woman who had once appeared to him on the street and handed him the letter that had changed the case. He wondered who she was and where she would come from. Perhaps she was Chiro's mother, or maybe Sosuke. Uh, but it was too late to pursue any of this. Sealing the evidence container, he saw a second one directly behind it. Pulling it out, he read the note on top. He opened it up. Evidence 2104A. Container was filled with exactly 104 pokemon red and green cartridges each one in perfect condition untouched since the day they had checked them 10 years ago he reached in and pulled one out pokemon red he hadn't seen it in such a long time and he didn't know what he thought next he just reached into his desk and pulled out his old game boy he plugged it in and it seemed to still work the title screen and then the option to continue or start a new game tanaka that was the child's name whose game was already on here, was probably dead along with all the others. He pressed new game and started a new game. It was normal. He just walked around, went outside, and he started walking towards the grass at the start of the game. He was getting a few steps away and then he just kind of seemed to remember the words, come follow me. Enter the grass and see for yourself. So he did. (laughs) At first the screen did nothing at all. And it just sat there. And so did the tip. Detective, completely frozen. As if time had just stopped. The screen went black and then it lit up again, and the iconic green and text background green text with background with white text appeared. The lead detective's weary eye grew wide. He couldn't help but read out what was there in front of me. Come follow me. Come follow me Come follow me. I miss you, Dad. I miss you, my husband. I miss you so much. He begins to cry, and screens of text rapidly appear, and he just kind of continues through it it was his wife and child they were speaking to him calling him crying oh, they wanted to God. see him he says i love you come follow me ag- happened again we want to see you the detectives just sat there watching all of this and was seeing oak just leading him out into the grass come follow me said oak no said the man dropping the game to the floor he quickly fell forward reaching him for bring the screen to himself but he couldn't find them and he couldn't bring his wife and child that seemed to be trapped in the game back come follow me, a voice said he looked over in the corner of the room and there was no one there come follow me he looked over in another corner of the room and there, <laughs> next to his old desk was Sosuke
1: he stood in the corner,
0: tall, clean and a smile was on his face come follow me he jumped back, trying to force a- at the, trying to force away all the sounds clawing at him He smiled generously. I'll show you. I'll help you get away. Just follow me. Don't fucking follow him. Sonski reached down, opened a drawer of the old desk. The lead detective going through, tried to look inside and sitting there covered in dust was his old gun from the force. He had not used that gun in years and he put it away not to remember all the things that had once been solved with him. But right now he didn't see it as something that had caught pain or kills. It was shining like a light. It was something that would set him free. Just follow me, Sosuke said. He saw all the children clawing at him that had been trapped in the game before, and Sosuke's leading hand telling him to go to the light. Just pull the trigger, and all of this will go away. The lead detective turned around, saw all the children grabbing at him, pulling his legs, (laughs) and they reached for the game. He turned around to Sosuke and smiled. I'll follow you,
1: to my family, and
0: then shot himself. But
1: this story doesn't make any sense, because how would we know all that? Because he shot himself.
0: So it then goes on to say that uh, eventually his body is found because he's in the bottom of the police station locker with all the evidence. Um, but it's not the final end to the story. The code was said to have survived and passed on to other languages versions of the game. If you have an old Pokemon game, you can place the cartridge in the back of the classic game, turn on the system, and see whether you can walk into the grass for yourself. No fucking do that. I know, right? that was really i just really liked it because it was a really long but there windy definitely is a
1: loophole return. there like not a, not a loophole um uh like a, a problem because mm. we wouldn't have known all that shit because he died so we wouldn't have known like but then you know i'm talking like i assume it's fucking real because for me it's all real but i know it's well he died not... in a police station right yeah but like all the things about what he saw and everything oh, yeah. like it was like he, it's like he'd written it but he couldn't have done because he, he did that apparently but yeah. The, that's her. I
0: mean, so it's yeah. you know it's a story. This one was be... less attached to reality, obviously yeah. because of the nature of it. I, li- I like. I like. Yeah. you know, nothing happened with the release of Pokemon in any sort of sense of this way. But do you know that really? I mean, if there was lots of <laughs> suicides in Japan from uh from you know from a game release, that's what I was going to mean.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: But it was just certain ones, though. I thought. I don't think Pokemon would have been the success it was to do if it had killed hundreds of children in the nineties.
1: Oh, okay. For some reason I thought it was like certain ones. In which case that would have worked better because there would have been like certain like cursed cursed Pokemon games. Yeah, um, so I think
0: there is. I think it is only certain ones that are cursed, but mm.
1: it's um you know, at least a hundred of it happened. So That's creepy though. That was that was very good. I did really enjoy that. Yeah. That
0: I think good. it was just it was a good story and there were so many pokemon creepy pastas and it kind of touches on a couple of them
1: like the lavender town. i heard about lavender town yeah so the
0: lavender town music is a thing and they mm. suspect that um it again it causes people to have suicide or go crazy is the lavender town music and this kind of takes it and goes like no you can't go that way and goes a different way which i really liked
1: yeah no i thought it was really good it was something it was one that i'd sort of I read a bit of the pokemon ones and i heard about lavender town but i didn't there was a lot more in that story that i'd not heard before I think that's why I chose it
0: was yeah, I I agree. I just heard a lot of the the Pokemons like Lost Pokemon Silver and then the Lavender Town ones and I kinda heard them and I never found any of them particularly like interesting or like a good story and that one just seemed to be one of the better Mm. written ones,
1: as you would say. Yeah. No, it's good. Some of them are written. It was good. That's the thing. I mean, creepy pastas, I mean like ninety nine percent of them are all fictional and it's just a story. But me being me, I'm like, it's real. Um, obviously, it have I tell you, but I think my brain gets confused. And I mean, yeah, because you, you're going to want to think it's somewhat real. Otherwise, it's not going to scare you. But mm.
0: I think, yeah, that's it. You can kind of take it with a pinch, pinch of salt. Mm.
1: Yeah, it might be a bit true.
0: Yeah, you, never you know. know, we know this could be some some evil people putting stuff into games. You just don't yeah. know. These damn know. developers. Don't know what we put in there.
1: Well, I think that's what freaked me out actually about that one is the fact that like the fact that a developer could could do something weird and put something strange in a game because they have a lot of power and they mm-hmm. could do stuff like that and and that's um, that's weird.
0: Yeah, and we know for a fact like video games make you feel stuff, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that someone could probably make it so it makes you feel really uncomfortable or not yeah. very nice, like like we do with uh, horror games, like you know. Yeah, they know how to true. scare us
1: with them, so there's no way they can't
0: yeah. make us feel more uncomfortable that way.
1: I think the idea of having specific music that plays a menacing tone that will make you do something like that is um is quite scary and probably wouldn't it be something like that that would exist, thankfully, because that's bad, yeah, um, and not very nice. So I don't really want to listen to fucking weird music like that. So yeah, no. So what
0: does that mean that you've chosen for your number one?
1: I think you know what my number one is and I, I think, think it's I know what your number one is what your number one is so I'm glad that I got to say it um because I've I've done something so my number one is Ben drowned yeah that was yeah. going to be my number one so I'm glad that we've had the exact same number one so I didn't really miss out I knew it would be it's a group pasta that we both like always talk about Mm -hmm. Um, is one that both scared us so the reason why I was kind of glad I got it and that you lost the quiz is because it's a very long creepypasta it's incredibly long it does like different days paragraphs so I actually wrote the first part down summarized Um, uh, so I I basically I'm not going to go like too crazy Mm -hmm. but I'm good I wanted to go through like at least the, the bits that scared me the most and I'm not reading it as it's been written this is my written down interpretation of what I've seen that's what Um, I did with that one because I was like oh it was way longer than that (laughs) yeah yeah um which is a shame because I I want I wanted to put more in but at this point I was like I'm just gonna do part one just the first part of it and even that was ginormous so um it's Definitely one of my favorites, and the mm. reason why it is one of my favorites is because when I found it, I think I don't know if you found it first or I found it. I don't know who the fuck found I it. I remember. I remember we were obsessed with it for a good mm. like few weeks. I don't know who found it. Um, and the reason why it's quite scary is because there's YouTube videos attached to it, mm-hmm. so it's not just him talking um about this situation it's the fact that you can physically see it for youtube videos and that makes it seem so real mm-hmm. and we didn't know that it was technically a fictional story um and so for me i had like fucking nightmares about this shit like it really got to me so there's no way this is not going to be number one um i'm really easily affected by things apparently and uh, yeah, so it's it's a great creepypasta. I will read it in a minute. But first, just tell me about how you feel about Ben Drowned.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I loved Ben Drowned. It was going to be my number one as well. Mm. Um, I think it's because, like you said, it's just such a, um, it was one that when we found it, I think we hadn't really read that many creepy creepypastas. Like, I definitely hadn't mm. um, read many before or looked into them very much. And this one kind of sparked it. I think, like you said, like, yeah. because the videos were attached to it, I think that's kind of more how we found it. Yeah than anything um and watching them unravel and it was just like we were just really obsessed with the mystery of it i remember yeah. for like it was a, a week in summer or something like that and we were just really into it and um yeah i think for me it was the first one i think also the the game that it is for majora mask like Majora's is already a creepy ass game yeah. like and this just added an extra level to it and kind of said like look what you can do with these characters and you're like yeah I can imagine that and I now I already find Majora still creepy and this kind of makes it worse
1: Mm -hmm. I think like I just don't particularly like going near Majora. I I already found it weird like things in Majora's Mask for example I think I'd always say this to you the bit where you like one of the Zoras like a musician is like Mm -hmm. washed up on the beach and he's this is the main game by the way and he's Mm -hmm. dead and I've definitely seen this in a previous episode. And he comes up, and he's washed up on the beach, and he's dead. And you take his like face, because in in Majora's Mask, you basically transform into different species, mm. to different creatures by wearing a mask. But this guy, you literally take his face, put it on, and you transform into a Zora. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. This didn't happen with the other animals or the other things. But this time, there is a dead man. You put his face on, and now you've become Azora. There is problems here. Right? And it's not even like it's a nice process either. The video transition
0: where you okay. put the mask on and you transform into the other creature. He's in, he's in like, a lot of pain. Whoa. He's screaming. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, and the the zooming in and out and your face. It, like It's oh. uncomfortable at the best of times, yeah. as I would the moon, describe Majora's mask. <laughs> the moon is terrifying. You have 3 yeah. days for everybody to live. It's depressing as fuck game it's anyway. Horrendous. Like this. Yeah. And then yeah, just adding creepy pasta onto it to already heighten those bits that you find a bit freaky, like the happy mask salesman. Yeah. And, like and
1: it's just it's like a no. recipe you know, for creepy is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> um I I'll, I'll get into it though. If anyone that doesn't know, um, everyone that already knows, I'm going to read now my little sort of like summary story on Ben drowned. Mm-hmm. Um but before I do, um, it was written by Alex Hall, who is known as the main character in this whole scenario, which I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, because I read it, I've never said it, which is Jaudusable, or is it jow Dusable? It's supposed to be Judas and Abel put together. Oh, so. Judasable. Judasable. Jud- I'm probably going to say lots of different things as I read Um And as we've said, it revolves around a Haunted Majora's Mask cartridge, which is the game that followed Zelda Ocarina of Time that we've already accurately described as being fucked up. So the story starts with Jedisable being given an old N64 console by a friend. He then went to a garage sale. (laughs) Sorry, I said garage sale. It's a very American thing. A garage sale, um, or what we call is a car boot sale yeah (laughs) where you basically go to a a car and no one really sells out of their car boot they just put everything from the car into the yeah onto a random table
0: like that you've brought with you somehow onto a bit of grass in a field sell everything for 50p
1: yeah that's a car boot sale he went to this this sale um he bought uh a few different n64 games which did include Zelda's Majora's Mask, but this was actually given to him for free by a bit of a creepy character. He, he said it used to belong to a kid that doesn't live here anymore, so he can just have it and not pay for it. It's all good. And uh, at this point, the Juddus thought this was a bit weird, but was just like, okay, cool, I'll take it. And then the man had then said goodbye. But he realised that he didn't actually quite say the words goodbye, but he couldn't really place exactly what he'd said. It sounded like goodbye, but he wasn't really sure. Anyway, so then he got home with his new NCC4 games and everything, and, and he booted up Majora's Mask, and he found a save file as soon as he booted it up that just simply said, Ben. He realised at this point in time, after thinking back to his interaction with the old guy, that the man had actually said goodbye, Ben, but at this point he was like well maybe he was just senile maybe that was his grandson and he was just like not really not really with it at that point in time so we had a look at the save file it showed that ben was quite far in the game and if you know majora's mask you'll know you have three days to stop the moon falling down and killing everyone Every <laughs> and at this, time. yeah it was it's up at this point um where Julius, where ben was sorry. Um, he was on day three and he had about an hour left from the moon falling so he was like pretty close whoever this Ben person was he was pretty close from the game um, ending or at least everyone dying in a horrible death so Jadisable made a new save file under the name Link and was ready to relive his childhood so we'd obviously played this before Um, he said at first that it ran pretty smoothly despite the age of the cartridge and despite a few odd textures and oddly located cutscenes. but what he began to notice was that the NPCs would go from calling him Link to Ben. He thought if he deleted the save file, the Ben save file that it would stop this and that potentially it was just a glitch in the console because it was old but it didn't stop. What ended up happening was the game now called him nothing at all so after he deleted the Ben account it was just a blank space. No one was really saying anything to him. It was just blank. At one point, Judisable was transported to the Majora boss fight room at the end of the game with Skull Kid hovering above him no sound just him floating with really creepy background music. And Skull Kid would never say anything, but he always seemed to be facing Link. So there was a lot of these like YouTube videos. If you're interested as well and you want to see some spooky shit, like you can you can just YouTube sort of bend drown and it will show you the entire thing and so i think when he was posting this he would then like post a link to every sort of weird situation that he was having like hey guys look at this like this is what's happening now mm-hmm. and the skull kid situation was creepy the way it was just like him just floating just staring and you couldn't really do anything Yeah. It's so weird so weird yeah. anyway just as he was about to reset the console text appears on the screen saying you're not sure why but you apparently had a reservation which was a quote from earlier in the game that did not belong in this part. After this, I asked him if he wanted to go somewhere and ended up somewhere else in a weird twilight version of Clock Town on day one. So Clock Town is the, is the main like town in the game where the moon is kind of falling, that's where you go at the end of the game. So he said it was a weird twilight version, but it was completely empty. So this place is normally a bustling area full of inhabitants. And uh, and pretty standard. I mean, the moon's about to fall down, but everyone's still pretty happy. Just dancing around in the town. Exactly. They don't know any different. So what was once a bustling area full of life and people, Degestable now describes as an empty area and desolate place, and if something was watching him. The worst part, he said, was the chilling music of the Song of Healing, which is a game from, from the game, but it was playing in reverse. And that apparently every now and again you would just hear the Happy Mask Salesman's faint laugh in the background. Mm. The Happy Mask Salesman for anyone that doesn't know is a creepy character from the Zelda series who is always happy. He just looks terrifying, but creepy, and he he laughs in a menacing way, and yeah, he's he's definitely someone in the game in in this scenario that is that is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music in reverse is scary even just YouTubing it, just to hear the, the way that, that it sounds is, is something that would just I think that's it, I, I read the story and I wasn't that freaked out but, and then I started listening to the music in reverse and everything and just being like oh this is full of demons yeah um, okay so at this point he describes how this makes him feel and he describes it as making him feel like he just wants to cry, he's on the verge of tears it, it starts inducing a powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling overall he knew he definitely didn't want to be there he definitely didn't want to be playing this game or at least definitely not being in clock town at this point in time because i think he was still kind of like intrigued by what was going on so he made a few attempts to escape this haunted clock town but unfortunately nothing worked he eventually tried drowning himself in the laundry pool so he could spawn somewhere else and that's when something really weird happened link grabbed his head and the screen flashes for a second with the face of the happy Mars salesman smiling at him with Skull could scream playing in the background. After this, he returned face to face with the Link statue from the game with a haunting expression on its face. And then it started following him. The statue, I mean. Not in the way that it moved in real time, because that would be slightly ridiculous, but the way would be described probably like the weeping angels from Doctor Who. So no matter what he did, it was always appeared behind him somewhere, but he never saw it in real time, it was just always there and this weird little statue I don't remember ever seeing it in Majora's Mask I don't think I played enough of Majora's Mask to know what it was it was like the statue of Effigy or something um, and it's it's yeah. like a weird fucked up version of Link um,
0: yeah, in a it's statue like oh. the Link, uh, it's like Link with but with happy salesman face yeah it's something not, it's not like, right about it he's smiling for a start in his little like creepy mm. thingy smile and then like, I think he's got
1: I don't know there's just something about his eyes Creepy it's just eye. It's just the, the soulless expression, mm. and the fact that it's following him, like mm. the Weeping Angels, and the Weeping Angels is what freaks me out the most from Doctor Who. Yeah, they're the terrifying Doctor Who things. Uh, like, the, the fact... Like, Daleks are fine. Yeah. But. The fact that, like, you turn around and it's, like, all the way over there, and then you turn around again yeah. and it's, like, right and close to your yeah. face. Yeah. It's not okay. And so at that point, if I was him, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not playing this game. Burn it in a fire. I'm done. Fair. But he didn't. He didn't. And some more weird shit happened. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of weird shit. I couldn't write it down in this. Um, but uh, Judas was eventually transported back to the top of the clock tower with a Skull Kid hovering over him again, staring. But a new song was playing this time. It was the Stone Tower Temple theme in reverse. He attempted to shoot Skull Kid at this point, not sure what else to do. And that's when a text box appeared and said, that won't do you any good. Hee <laughs> hee. And Link was picked off the ground, levitated upwards on his back, and then screamed and burst into flames. Oh. Again, you can watch that on the YouTube videos. Yeah, I was because I remember that happening. This happened quite a few times, but by the third try, there was no music, just eerie silence. Jedisable attempted to play the ocarina to travel back in time, but just before he could hit the last note, his body exploded again. But this time, it ended just with Link just lying on the ground in a dead position. And see, this probably wouldn't have been that weird before, but Dennis Wolf said that he'd never seen this pose before. The way that he was lying, his head was tilted towards the camera, and it just didn't look right. Just the fact that he was lying there in dead silence. Hmm. At around 30 seconds, the game simply fades out and the text appears on screen with this message. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Oh, those words. Kicks to the title screen. Disable then noticed on the title screen his save was no longer there. Instead, it, there was a save file named "Your Turn" in capital letters. When he clicked it, it took him right back to where the Link's body lay lifeless, with so Skull Kid hovering above him, with him laughing on a loop over and over again. Now, I haven't included the different days on this because it tends, this story tends to go into complete madness. At one point. Jedisable just disappears and his roommate starts writing up for him about what's going on and then just all sort of comes back and he's like hey guys so it's done almost like a diary form um, and there's much more shit that happens I think there's hours and hours of footage on YouTube yeah it's um, right the one thing that sort of does happen is he does go on about how he tried to contact the man who gave him the Majoris Mask cartridge but apparently never had any luck mm. um, and and yeah it's, it's a terrifying story but the thing is it's all fake yep and I wish I knew that when I first read it because honestly it was terrifying. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's an incredible thing that he's done, this guy, Alex. And I even just <laughs> even just the other night, I, I text Steph and I was like, I think you knew I'd be looking into Ben Drown. I think I knew you were looking into Ben Drown. Yeah. And I was going through all the YouTube videos again. And then I realised I was like, Oh yeah, like look, he's still making videos. Yeah, but then it looked like he'd stopped and he'd only sort of recently, or maybe he'd always been going, I don't know. And there was like, or something. there was a premiere for like 10pm, a new video coming out. And I think it was like an hour before I texted you. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Did you watch any of it, by the way? I meant to ask you. No, I lost interest when I went on his Twitter and saw he had a Patreon. And there was like a second coming of Ben Drown and how it was all fake. And I was like, well, if he's got a Patreon, then he's, you know, Ben's got a profit too, right? Demon, Demon's got to make those monies. I've got it, yeah. The creepy pastors don't pay well. Um, yeah, so uh, this guy is very talented. He's also made other YouTube videos where he's actually just talking to the camera. Like, it's very obvious now that it's all not real, which is fine. Mm. Um, but I have a lot of respect for him because what he did was, was incredible, and I wish that he just kept up the facade. I just, why mm. can't we just believe that it's all real? Um, yeah. yeah, there's some weird things like that.
0: I always remember, like. I think it's because Ben Drown came out around the time of all the freaky internet stuff appearing. Like it was similar time to Slender Man. Mm-hmm, it was, yeah. There's this website called the bitter root project. I don't know if you ever looked at it, but it was basically like this person found a time capsule in their garden or an abandoned place somewhere. I can't remember. They found no, no. this like sealed up thing, End up having footage in it. And they, uh, eventually got the footage, like, uh, modernized so they could watch it and stuff and it was really freaky and it kind of it was building up and up and it was becoming like this freaky thing like what's going to be on this thing that they found and it felt really like real mm. and then I think once you saw the footage it was quite obviously something that they had filmed themselves yeah. in, a, in, a, in a weird way and it kind of lost traction a little bit but you're right like it was around that same kind of time when all of these things yeah. were appearing and it was one of the first kind of and, ones that kind yeah. of explored it so it was just interesting.
1: I think he was so clever in that as well in the way that he put it all on YouTube because YouTube was very up and coming at that time. And of course, if you did find a creepy game and something which it was happening to, of course, you put it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, of course, you would do that. And so it, it seemed so real. And it, it brings me to think actually about another like a horror story thing, which isn't game related, but it, it was like a real life thing where this guy did. Did you ever hear of Dear David? I think I remember the name, but I don't remember. This this guy basically articulated this whole thing where he was like videoing stuff in his apartment about this little kid that had a wood dent on his head. Um Real Life Ghost Stories do a really good um a couple of episodes on it. So oh, cool. Um but anyway, it's it's terrifying. It's fucking horrifying. But um it's it's all like this it's almost like a publicity stunt. Right. Mm. And so I think it's kinda of done the same thing for, for this guy in the way that it's that it's so clever. I've got so much respect for you, but at the same time I hate you yeah <laughs> for making me feel this way good. um but yeah. yeah it's it's so good like i I get it and I think that's why it's been number one because of the fact that it's it spans YouTube it spans the writing is amazing and mm. it's just yeah he just nails it yeah the thing that gets you into yeah. it
0: as well I think with all of these like we know they're ghost stories essentially like they're the same kind of thing as like campfire mm. stories really but I think because like you said the ones that really get you are the ones tied to stuff that you can feel like you'll happen. Yeah. I think that's the best thing about the Majora's Mask one was because you could see the footage of it. It's one of the only ones with like a whole YouTube thing with it. You yeah. could see it happening. Like I know this bit of that game like, oh, that could totally just spawn it's from familiar. nowhere. That's it. Yeah. I think that's it.
1: It puts that extra familiarity in there. Yeah. So you're Like, oh, this is kind of creepy. I don't know if I like this. That's why I think with, with the old text game, like that's not so familiar anymore, but I think having some experience with that freaked me out a bit, but it definitely makes it scarier if it's a game that, that you've played um, yeah. and have experience with, because then when you see it going all weird and wrong, you're a bit more like, oh God, mm. that could have happened to me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would really recommend checking it out, sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I was just gonna say, I think, like you're right, I think when you see, and it kind of throws you off when you see glitches of stuff, yeah like oh is it gonna divulge now into something really terrifying and it's like oh no it's just a weird glitch. it's just funny yeah like when like Skyrim
1: glitches where people's faces like fall off
0: yeah there's kind of like old uh Mass Effect Andromeda ones where you can see into the eyeballs
1: (laughs) I think it's because we we invest so much time in games so like Mm. the idea of a game becoming kind of like cursed and weird is, is terrifying for us maybe and, not people yeah. that aren't gamers but for us it's like no no.
0: it's the thing I love don't touch yeah.
1: me um but yeah is there anything you wanted to say about it as well because I know this was obviously your number one two that I stole uh, no I mean you covered everything um th- I was gonna like you said it just it goes on and on and on you can
0: watch so much of it I rec- like you said I recommend watching them on YouTube because yeah. there's also like the stuff about the moon children yeah. that's like a whole arc like it has arcs it has one arc that's just like the normal Ben Dranthan, and then it also has the one that's like moon children arc um and even it's just a set of stories it's interesting to read mm. um yeah I can't like you've you've mentioned all the lines just with like you've met with a terrible fate haven't
1: you it's just like something there was there was one situation I can't I couldn't find it but there was I found it in the YouTube videos but he didn't really mention it, it was there's one bit where it just says you shouldn't have done that yeah that gets with me that
0: creepy doll face yeah happens, that gets me and something it just kind of follows you even closer like because like you said he just follows you around most of the time but I think when it says that like he appears like in front of you and says like oh you shouldn't have done that and is that the bit when you then start like burning
1: and stuff I think probably but that line just I couldn't, find, I couldn't find where it was but that line always got me I think it's because it, it breaks the third wall in the way that you're just like you're talking to me yeah. I did something and now you're saying you shouldn't have done that I'm like I'm out I'm fucking out mm-hmm. yeah um, I think yeah. if a horror game ever wanted to really mess with us it would just pretend to be a creepy creepypasta a little bit don't do that don't do that <laughs>
0: Sorry um, for new ideas.
1: But yeah, it's 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 uh it's creepy shit. But I think we should talk about some more mentions. I don't know if there's any on your mm. list. Cause... I do actually have a couple of on our Go mentions. for it, go for it, go for it. Um
0: so one of mine was the perfect console. Um I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah, basically a console appears on the market, it doesn't have any ports or like clips it was around the same kind of time as nes and and all the cartridge based um game systems and this one kind of appeared it doesn't have anything other than a like controller port which you put in and basically what happens is that you become really obsessed with playing this game to the point where you think it's real you can't not play it um and it just takes you away and eventually People had to be taken like away from their consoles and hospitalised because it was just like obsessing their lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were getting more and more, and the more attached to the game and the console you're becoming, the more you'd feel stuff when it happened in the game. So if you got like hit with a whip, you would actually feel it. And some people had like scars on their arms from when they were hit, being hit by whips, even though it wasn't happening. But it was like you were becoming really connected with this game, and I find that one mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, and kind of freaky because it reminds me of a couple like animes and stuff where that happens, which was quite fun. Yeah. Um, there was one called uh, Polybius. That's one of my own inventions. We can talk about that together. The haunted arcade machine. Yeah, back in back in old eighties time. Mm-hmm. I really liked it because it felt, again, it felt quite grounded in real life. Like it basically was like a space shootery thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, and it would appear in an arcade for a short period of
1: time, but people in black suit would watch people play it. The men in black. <laughs> hmm. Um. Yeah. Apparently, they'd hear strange things being like played in the game as well, like a woman crying, and seeing like grotesque faces, yeah. um, at the corner of their eyes. Players would have like nightmares, nausea, headaches, blackouts, or amnesia. Apparently, someone committed suicide. Apparently, it just made you feel like a certain way, and it was weird.
0: Yeah, I liked that it appeared for a while, and then it would disappear from around the arcade. Yeah, I almost like they collected all the data that they wanted, and then mm. they'd leave. With their data, because I think in the eighties when it first gaming first started appearing and stuff like that, you you can kind of picture almost the government trying to work out what it is, mm. and why people are liking it. I don't know.
1: It just reminds me of Tron. Mm, yeah, getting getting stuck in an arcade machine. Love me some Tron. Good old mm. Jeff Bridges. Be worse if you got stuck in the Polybus machine for sure. Yeah, um, that's probably not the place you want to be. No cool super motorbikes. <laughs> just just horror, just pure terror. In Polybus, yeah, um,
0: um, yeah. There was two more. Um, one really quick one was the theater. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one seemed interesting. Basically, the theater was one where it was like you played this game, and you were just walking towards like the front of a theater, and you'd you'd see the ticket man, and the ticket man wouldn't really have a face. He'd be like a very low poly little man. It was like half three D, very early like nineties. Uh, PC graphics and you'd walk walk in to the room and he'd say like oh have a good show or like thank you have a good show and then you'd like walk in and it would fade to black and then you'd start at the end of the corridor again and you just have to keep repeating Mm. and you never get any further than walking down this like down the aisle into the theatre and passing the ticket man and eventually like the ticket man would disappear and weird stuff would quite happening and stuff that was a good one and my last one is called Mr. Mix Because I found it really funny to look at. Oh, I found that one as well. (laughs) Yeah. So that one was the one where it was like, it was an educational game to do with typing. And, um, it was like done by a chef and he was quite creepy looking. If you look at the picture, it's, it's a weird, weird man. Um, and basically it's just like, it contains horrible noises and it gets like overly difficult the more you go through it. You just can't keep up with it. Um. And it just kind of starts screeching and making all the weird, like, creepy white noise kind of things. And many kids reported after playing it having him haunt his dreams, uh, haunt their dreams and, like, come after them and stuff. Like, I don't think I ever got any more serious than that. But just the fact that he'd be in your dream was creepy enough. And I can picture it. If you've seen a picture of him, I can I've picture that it. happening. Yeah. I've seen it. Definitely creepy. Uh, yeah, that
1: was my. How about you? Um, one of my that was almost in my in my top three was gonna be the fallout numbers game, i thought you might have this in your list actually i wondered it's weird and i wish i'd researched it a bit more um but unfortunately it just didn't make the top like when i was reading it it didn't fill me with creep i think that's the mm. thing about the other ones they, they filled me with creep and this one is a weird one and it's it's bizarre and it's really interesting and maybe we'll try and find another way so an episode where we can talk about weird glitches or weird things that happen in video games. But um, they basically, in, in Fallout Numbers, they it's something to do with the old radio station, Three Dogs Radio Station. Apparently, if you kill him, because you can do that in Fallout, you can kill fucking everyone. Um, this is off my memory, by the way, so I apologize if it's shit. You kill him, his radio still starts projecting until a certain point, and then a woman takes over um but then apparently there's still some points where you can hear three dog and he's saying numbers he's giving out a series of numbers and people find out that they're dates so he's giving out random dates of things and some of them span back to the past where bad things have happened like um like big just sort of disaster events but then also he's doing future dates and one of those dates was gary coleman's death which was weird, That's weird um one. And then there was there's just yeah there's all these weird like dates the and BP oil spill or something like that yeah. is in there as well. I can't really remember, but there's weird dates and shit and weird voices, and no one's ever really proved it. Mm. There's no actual substantial proof that proves that this is even a thing. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I may research it a bit more this evening, um, but I just it just didn't click for me, so I I didn't put it in. Um, another one of mine would probably be who are you running from? I don't know that one. So you remember the game boy camera it was a really yes. pixelated camera i remember that um basically there was this weird interface on it where it was like a mini game where you could do like shoot view and play and apparently if the player chooses to shoot then you're greeted by a screen that resembled like some weird shit and a lot of distorted faces would appear hmm. but they would like appear as if they've been like doodled on so like okay. you could I think you could doodle on yourself potentially but they were like no one knew who these faces were and the way that they would doodle was quite menacingly scary I don't know if you're googling it right now but um I will do and there's there comes a point where shit gets even weirder and I'm going to try and and find out where it is but I think they basically ask you at random one point in when you when you lose who are you running from like somebody like in the game the picture and I just think it's the way that they look. It's the mm. way that they look so menacing and weird and creepy. Like they're obviously meant to be sort of drawn on in that way. It's all you have to do is type in who are you running from Pupass and you'll find it. It's just, it's something weird about it. As I said, I haven't yeah. researched it fully, but it's not quite right. It doesn't sit right. I don't like the fact that there's images of these people's faces on there. and I don't know who they are. They're probably just the developers, mm. but I just it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's with most of them, right? They just
0: make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That was actually one I was going to tell you about. There was another Bethesda one where it was like someone discovers that Bethesda is a cult. And it's like they start playing Fallout 4 and then they become like obsessed, obsessed with Fallout 4. um, To the point where they can't stop playing it and they just really keep playing it. And they go to like E3 or something. And to talk to Todd Howard about it, because they're like, something must be going on with this game. Like other weird stuff happens. Like they order all of the uh Fallout 4 from like every single GameStop in their uh state or something stupid. Uh and they go there and then Todd Howard like finds him and he's like, Oh, come with me, we've been waiting for you. And then he's like, Oh, you can't tell anybody about this, and it's like a big cult that is Bethesda, and it just was really weird. I mean, it wasn't all... quite a creepy creepypasta,
1: yeah. but it was just, like, an interesting one. And I was like, really? All right. Very odd. Maybe mm. you should try and work for them and we can find out. Maybe I should. Um, there's also, yeah, there's that Morrowind one as well. Morrowind, yeah. um... It's, like Jay, so it it's a really weird long yeah one. and they all, look, they all say like look to the skies and stuff yeah the weird assassin that was quite creepy actually I nearly put that one in yeah Th- this is the thing there is a lot of creepasses I'm glad we have shortened it down because we would obviously have a lot of stories to tell yeah. but there is a lot out there and they are very good so I'd recommend like looking into it if you're into that sort of thing watch and read more of Ben Drown because there are so many more days that he talks about and things that happen um, which we just don't have time to go through but it's definitely worthwhile if if that's the thing that you you like to do because mm-hmm. you're like me and you're weird. Yeah, I like it. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is our
0: episode. Thank you very much. Uh, if you've stuck with us to this part, uh, discussing all our creepy pastas, I'm sorry, and um, I hope we haven't freaked you out too much with our stories. <laughs> but if we haven't, and you want to find out more, like you said, Nikki, like just just Google them. They're great. Fall into a creepy pasta hole. Mm-hmm. Like you're we did this week. Safe. It was great fun. Except yeah. now I'm slightly haunted yeah slightly haunted but it's okay i'll recover it's fine <laughs> um so if you have liked this episode nikki where can they find out more about us
1: uh everywhere mm-hmm. just google game to five yeah or you can go on twitter uh or instagram or other places we don't have a website yet. we got kicked <laughs> off of got to five's website because they <laughs> hate us
0: yeah i'm working on it it's a it's my new
1: task to make my Um, r's much shinier and fancier than this we'll have a website soon um and you can go there when it's in the future um but yeah twitter instagram all that lovely stuff you can follow us um on twitch as well we're both trying to stream a bit more now we're all in quarantine yep that's uh elite cat with two e's Yep, and stuffy scrub two f's two (laughs) f's And uh, don't forget our Patreon as well. We'll be releasing stuff monthly on there. So if you want more things from us, go there and check it out. And I think that's about it. That's our normal coverage. Thank you again for
0: joining us and have a good evening. Don't stay up too late.